You're listening to a podcast hosted on the Podcaster Matrix. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at podcastermatrix.com. Are you troubled by pop culture references you don't understand? Does trying to figure out a good jumping on point in a long-running comic series keep you up at night? Have you or your friends or family seen a comic book-based movie, TV show, or cartoon and not known what was going on? If the answer is yes, then this is the podcast for you. My My Big big Fat Pull List. Our assembly of knowledgeable hosts are eager to help answer all your comic book-based pop culture questions. We're ready to geek out with you! Greetings, listeners. Today on my big fat pull list, we are going to explore the world of Titans. No, not the mythical kind. We're talking about the DC kind. Not to be confused with the animated Teen Titans, DC Titans is a darker, more adult-themed version of the source material. And you'll get all the biff, bam, pow you can handle during this episode of Observe and Report, Titans Season 1. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, geeks and geekettes, to another edition of my Big Fat Pull List. I am one of your hosts, Mr. X. I'm Smurfy. I am Dr. Impact. The dark and mysterious Pistol Danger. On this special episode of Observe and Report, we have our good buddy Smurfy driving the Titan Mobile. (laughs) taking us on a journey through dc's titans season one i am very apprehensive about this episode uh simply because it appears that i am the only one who hasn't watched this show (laughs) well depending on who you talk to that can either be a blessing or a curse well you know what a blessing is oh please do tell our patreon page That's right, folks. You can head over to our Patreon page. I'll take you from here, Mr. X. www.patreon.com forward slash my big fat pull list. Thanks a lot, Professor McInterrupty. I wasn't telling them where they couldn't go. I was telling them that they could go there and try out all of our different tiers. How can they try out our different tiers if they don't know where to go? Well, we always tell them where to go at the end of the plug, mm. unless you're unless you're new here. Mm. Mm. Suspect, but all right, I'll allow it. So let me start out by asking you guys this: What is your knowledge of Titans, either Teen Titans or the more adult Titans? You mean going into this series? Maybe? Yeah, like it, for example, for me, I have not read. Hardly anything of Teen Titans. I've read a couple volumes from this new line, the mm-hmm. Not Fifty Two stuff. Uh, but other like than that, the, I re- like the Rebirth stuff. You mean? Yeah, I've I've read Rebirth, yeah. like Volume One and Two of Teen Titans, and that's about it. Other than that, I knew Teen Titans from cartoons and like blurbs for, through the comics. I knew of them from their appearances in all of the DC stuff I've read over the years. I've never read Teen Titans per se, the book, you know, on any kind of regular basis. I would show up here and there for a storyline if it was something that was interesting. But even then, I didn't really start jumping in until probably around zero hour. So you're talking 94, I guess. Um, Okay. You know, but but again, it was just 
piecemeal here and there. I didn't start reading them regularly until Smurfy Like You, the Rebirth stuff, and and I never watched the cartoons. Now, I have since started reading the old George Perez Marv Wolfman stuff, so I have a little bit understanding, but yeah, no, my, my first experience is probably just them showing up in various things like Crisis and, and Millennium and what have you. Now, there was a book, pre-New 52, that was called Titans, and had a mm-hmm. kind of a limited run, and I did read that for a while. Yeah, which was and, kind of the extension of the Marv Wolfman, George Perez right. team. Yeah. It was supposed to be more like, the, the they're not teenagers anymore, Titans. If you will. Yeah, like college almost. Yeah, like it like was college like mid, right. mid to late college, you know. Because I think by that point, the new Teen Titans had become like the young generation yes. of heroes that the, the guys that were not already part of Young Justice. Right. Like they got like a new roster. Yeah, yeah. So like the older guys kind of moved up to become the Titans. Right. And yeah, I read the Titans books more regularly, but not not the Teen Titans, which is this is clearly connected to. Pistol? Funny enough, actually, I picked up the 2003 series Titans for about 20 to 30 issues. Uh, Was that the Jeff Johns run? I want to say yes, but honestly, 2003 is 17 years ago, so I can tell you. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Like, gotcha. it had Nightwing in it. <laughs> that's, you know. Uh, it is, yes. Okay. And then anything from that was through uh, cartoons. Teen Titans, uh, eventually Teen Titans Go, and then some of the movies that have recently come out. I think the Judas Contract for DC Animated. Mm, okay. Mr. X? Well, kind of similar to Dr. Impact's original exposure. I, I knew of them. I didn't know anything about them. Pretty much I knew, hey, the sidekicks got together and they formed a team. Okay. And they would show up every now and then, or they would be mentioned every now and then in some of the random DC stuff that I would read back in the mid and late 90s and even early 2000s. It was actually the cartoon series on Cartoon Network that exposed me the most to who the Titans really were. And I know that 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 show was was a very, I don't want to say watered-down but it was because the Titans, there were a lot of different members. Like in, in that cartoon, there was no uh, Kid Flash and there was no Speedy. Got you. You know, there was no Aqualad. Right. But in the show, you know, you had representations for Dick Grayson, Batman. You had Starfire. You had Raven. You had Cyborg and you had Beast Boy. So those were the those were the Titans that I knew. So again, kind of that that Marv Wolfman George Perez run, yeah, yeah, of characters, yeah, and uh, and then the the I guess you would call it the animated universe New Fifty Two versions that appeared in the most recent animated films DC has been putting out. Got you. But other than that, I don't know anything else about the Titans. That's kind of where I was. That's why this kind of intrigued me as a show on the DC app, where I was like, I'm going to give it a whirl. I'm paying for it. We'll, we'll, let's see how it goes. Now, I would like to add that the DC marketing campaign for Titans, they all need to be fired. Because when I first saw the trailer for this, they took a lot of content out of context, and it just drove me crazy. Like, you see Robin say, F Batman. And you're like, why would Robin do that? And so it kind of turned me off, and I had to be talked actually into watching the show. Because I had 
no expectations for it. I thought it was going to be hot garbage, and I didn't want to have anything to do with it until someone talked me into it. I kind of felt the same way, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm along there those lines with you, and um, I just happened to, to fall into the first season on DVD by chance, so uh, otherwise I probably wouldn't have even watched it at this point. I, I, I'm glad I did, but... And then I know we had to talk Pistol into watching it. He was not a fan. Uh, it's not so much that you had to talk me into it. It's that once this episode was agreed upon by everybody, I was like, I also have the DC app and I really loved Doom Patrol. I like Young Justice. Obviously, I liked Teen Titans and I even like Teen Titans Go for what it is. Uh, so I was like, okay, you know what? I'll give it a go. And then I just had to force myself to finish because I do not care for this. But we'll okay. get into that in a little bit. Right. And before we go any further, I'd like to just warning for anyone planning on watching this. Spoiler alert. We will cover some stuff that happens throughout the entire season of the show. And I don't want to ruin it for anybody who is really looking forward to watching this. So you have now been warned. But just season one. We're not talking about season two. Yeah, now only season one. I haven't I've not watched season two yet. So this is strictly just season one. Yeah, don't watch season one, just go right to season two and <laughs> we won't spoil you at all. Right. So you are listeners. What is your experience with Titans or Teen Titans? Is it the comics, the cartoons, or was this show your first? Let us know. Hit us up on our Facebook page, Instagram, or even email us. Like all good teams, guys, let's start out with the team lineup, if you will. So Titans revolves around Robin, Raven, Starfire, and Beast Boy, with appearances from Hawk and Dove, Doom Patrol, Jason Todd Robin, Donna Troy, and Batman. Oh, okay. I'm going to have to stop you right briefly, there. Briefly, briefly. Briefly, yeah. I'm stop you right there because it doesn't have, well, it does, but it has Dick Grayson, Rachel Ray's, I don't remember her last name. No, it's Rachel, if you would like to know, yeah, it's Dick It's Dick Grayson as Robin, and then they never call Raven her name. She goes by Rachel the entire season, and her mm-hmm. last name is Roth, so they either call her, Roth, so please. that's it, it's Rachel Roth. They never call and- Starfire by her name either. They was She's known as Corey Anders. Yeah, just Corey. And there's not even a hint that her name is even Starfire throughout the entire season. There's one hint at the very there. end where they're like either to Black or Starfire as they're reading the text. But yeah, I was going to say, there there okay. is a mention of Starfire at Man. one point. Yeah. So, but you, you blink or cough, you miss it. So yeah. And then Beast Boy is never referred to that. They just call him Gar the whole yeah. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he can only turn in to a tiger. He can't turn into anything else. Well, I think he can, but in the season, he only turns into a tiger. I, Part of I, the problem. I feel, and correct me if I'm wrong, you two, but there's a line of dialogue where he says, I've only turned in, like, I can only turn into a tiger because it's like my spirit animal or something. No, I think he what he says is very ambiguous, and it's it's something to the effect of, I've only been able to turn into the tiger because it's a spirit, it's it's his favorite animal, or it's a spirit animal, or something like that. Okay. Um, but he he I, he does say something like, "I don't know if I can turn into anything else," but it's not worded that way, and hmm. it's such a throwaway line that it's like, it was almost like the the production team saying, "Well, if we get enough budget and we're able to <laughs> do more animals, now we've got it written in." Right, but that's you know that's that's all stuff that we'll get to. Uh, Smurfy, why don't why don't you take us through the list here? Yeah. So Robin, as we already mentioned, is Dick Grayson. During the day, he's a detective for the Detroit Police Department. Was uh, it Detroit or Boston? It was Detroit because I rewatched it twice to make sure I got the right city down. Uh, he okay. did move. He moved from Gotham to Detroit, and he became a cop. 
and got his detective badge, of course. And pretty much during the day, he spends his time hunting down child abusers and criminals. And then at night, he goes out as Robin in the Robin costume and fights crime. Now, this Robin costume, just so you guys know, is more darker. Like, it's a lot of dark reds, dark greens. Uh, I believe it has a little bit of yellow, but it's a very dark yellow. So it's not that cartoony. It's actually not that dark. I actually looked up a picture of it. It is a very bright color. What I have noticed and what Dr. Impact has noticed, maybe, is that there is a gradient filter on the whole, on the series. And it makes everything darker and more bleh. So they did it kind of like Saving Private Ryan style, but worse. Like, but badly. Yes. So I, I would recommend looking up the Robin costume because it looks really nice. Like, it's not obviously like a bright red, but it's a very good red. And it's just kind of bleh because of this like blue or gray filter. It isn't so much a filter, um, I, I've noticed. I mean, there, there are certainly moments where filters are being used in the show, uh, I feel, a little excessively. Yes. But it isn't so much a filter that what, you, what you're talking about, Pistol. Okay. What you're talking about is more of a manipulation on the shadows and the highlights in the original footage, as well as an alteration in the, the brightness and the contrast, and a lot of manipulation on the contrast. Hmm. Now, yeah, sure, there are some filters that are being put on here and there, especially in sequences like when they're in the underground installation and things like that. For the most part, it, it doesn't seem to be relying heavily on that. It seems to be relying more on on manipulating the shadows, the highlights, the brightness, the contrast, and then also manipulating the saturation of the color. Uh, you know, like Smurfy just said, it kind of has a Saving Private Ryan feel, certainly not to the extent that Saving Private Ryan has, or or even to the extent of something like Band of Brothers. But but it does kind of have that feel of we're taking maybe 15% of the color out, which sounds like a lot. It's really not, but it is just enough to alter it, especially when you're altering contrast and and shadows and such. Well, because I know from the comic books, when I think Titans, I think dark and gritty. Right. As this isn't Teen. This isn't Teen Titans. There's no. It shouldn't be bright and colorful. But we'll 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 get to that here in here in a few. So that brings us to our next character, Raven, who is never called Raven, but they hint that it's her name through tattoos and books and paperwork and research. Everything points to this girl being called Raven, but they never call her Raven, and she never goes by Raven. Wasn't there something, if I if I remember right, wasn't the organization like the, the, the Raven? Yeah, and that's how they identify the themselves. Ravens is like, or something that's, like that's why that. they had the tattoos of Ravens on their yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Starfire's research uh, is Ravens everywhere, and like the Raven will be the bringer of doom or whatever. Right, and so right. you're, which you as a fan go, okay, we know it's her, but it's just kind of aggravating that she never, they never call her that. So, as as a comic fan, it's one that always always irked me. So she doesn't really have a costume in this. She just wears dark clothes and has like purple hair, and it's like a pretty kind of like bright purple, which is interesting, with like black highlights. So I thought that was kind of a weird way to go about it. But other than that, she just like I said, wears normal clothes, and that's it. That's that's it for her character, and. Uh, when you first meet her, you don't know anything about her. You know that uh, she's being hunted and that she kind of has this weird demonic thing following her or inside her. And they portray that by in reflections of car windows and 
uh, puddles. Okay. And pretty much the whole season of Titans revolves around Rachel, about her powers and everything she can do, and the mystery of her. Hard disagree, but we're going to get to you that. Don't, you don't think so? No. This season is all about Dick Grayson. Anyway, I mean, we'll get to it. We'll get okay. To it. Oh, that's fine. Because I was like, they make it seem like that she's the focal point of everything. Everything is revolving around her. Let's move on to the next character. Move on to Starfire. Also, never called Starfire. Corey, when she's introduced, she has amnesia. She's in a truck that's full of bullet holes. And she's wearing a very, like, bright, sparkly purple dress and a fur coat. And has, like, bright, I don't even know what color you'd call that hair. Like, bright pink hair. And she's kind of being hunted down yeah. by the mob. And so you're just kind of really confused as this character. Like, what a weird way to introduce this character. But the nice thing about it is, I, I found anyway, that she's just as in the dark as the viewer is. Right. So, you know, it, it's kind of nice that, yeah, you as the audience don't know what the hell's going on. And yeah, it might be a, a cheap way to expand on exposition uncreatively but at the same time you can you can follow all of her story through her as she's discovering it so yeah that kind of stuff is kind of nice if you're if you're going to write it that way (laughs) let me say that I'll, I'll, i'll put it that way for now right and i will say i was guilty at first uh we we share a group chat when the original pictures leaked for the cast I shared them and be like, these costumes look like trash. Oh, agreed. Her costume looks better in motion than just in stills. I'll, I'll say that. And it, and her costume makes sense once you start watching more episodes. Yeah, well, and, and all of them do. I mean, all of the lack of superhero costumes in the show makes sense while you're watching it. And as it's playing out, because it is such an incredibly slow burn show as it far is. as that kind of stuff is concerned. Obviously, none of us have watched season two or we're not talking about season two. I certainly have not watched season two. I I don't know if that changes. I hope to God it does. But it's very similar to how the Netflix Daredevil show was an incredibly slow burn until we got the Daredevil costume. It's that same sort of approach. But anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm digressing into other things now. Continue. No, I mean, and you, you are right, and we will get into that. And then let me introduce our next character, which is Beast Boy. Never called Beast Boy. Like I said, he is introduced as Gar. You kind of find out his background right away, that he was at some, I guess, sort of like camp, if you will. And I don't know if it was like a hospital camp, but everybody in the, the, the tent was dying. And a doctor came in and saved him, and it turned his hair green, and he was able to kind of turn into a tiger. You find out that after meeting the character that he's a tiger and goes back and forth that when he does transform, he does rip his clothes. So he purposely gets naked before he becomes a tiger. I thought that was kind of a cool detail to throw in there. And he's currently, currently living with doom patrol, but this is not the doom patrol from the DC app. It's some of the same actors and characters names, but apparently it's a different universe's doom patrol. As someone who's seen doom patrol, uh, the, the chief is replaced by Mr. X's personal favorite T Dalt. Yeah. And uh, they actually add, there's another character who I really enjoyed, who is essentially like Legion, where she has multiple personalities and each personality has their own power. Now you're talking about, this is D- This is the DC this app. This is Doom Patrol. Patrol. Yeah, yeah not, right. not, not the characters we meet here. Correct. Yeah, this, this 
And even though even though the three of the Doom Patrol members, minus the, the chief, the three of the members that appear in the Titans are the same actors who eventually went on to do the Doom Patrol show, it is technically on a separate Earth, I guess. And it does technically not connect with the Doom Patrol show. They are two different realities. All right. Well, I'm just going to call bullshit there because that's stupid. Yeah. Correct. You win a prize. That is one thing that I disagreed with when I was watching. I was pretty aggravated with because I was like, how hard would it have been to get some of these people back in there? It's like, why are you still continuing to make the mistakes you've been making with everything else that you've put out except for your CW shows? And I'm not saying the CW shows are perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but at least they exist in a cohesive universe. Here you go. You have your own app. You're doing your own shows. Why the hell can't your shows that are on your app be in its own universe? And I'll tell you, you know, the only reason that I discovered that was because I I was not aware that Titans aired first. I thought Doom Patrol aired first. And so I I was like, okay. so I was while I was watching Titans, I immediately started looking things up online and I was like, well, what happened? Could they not get Timothy Dalton to come back? And what I discovered was that in the airing of the Doom Patrol episode of the Titans, the executives and some test audiences didn't care for the portrayal of the chief in the Titans Doom Patrol. So when they went to do the show, they wanted a more fatherly and nicer, I guess, representation of the chief. I would say not. I would say fatherly. Yes. I would say not quite as purposefully evil as purposely yeah. <laughs> antagonistic. Yeah. yeah. As purposely um, crazy so, scientist. Right. Yeah. So they, they recast it for the show, but not anybody else. And that's when I discovered that it didn't matter because they were not connected. And I, I remember thinking, well, what's the point of that then? Right. Why, why not just recast everybody? But yeah, anyway, yeah. Brendan Fraser was born to play Robot Man. He was. But anyway, like like I said before, too, sorry to just get back to it. Beast Boy, his costume, uh, green hair. Uh, he wears regular clothes, but he does have like a red and white jacket that he always wears that he even references. Like, this is my favorite jacket. The only thing that happened to it. And he always constantly wears it. So the only thing on him that's green when he's not transformed is his hair. Correct. His skin's regular skin color. And then when he turns into a tiger... Since it's all fur, hair, it's all green. Now, as he's transforming back into human or vice versa, during the transformation, there are moments where he has green skin until the green fades away and gives way to his regular right. skin. Like so during the transformation, you do see green. him with the green skin as a human, but it's it's brief each time he transforms. Okay. And I know what you're wondering, Mr. Axon. Yes. The show goes out of its way to let you hear all the bone crunching, rearranging, skin blacking to every time he transforms one way or another. Because I know you were you were worried that you wouldn't get enough Beast Boy transforming grotesque sound effects. I take it that they annoyed you, Pistol. Yeah, P- picking up on that a little bit. Uh, but let's let's finish through the the other characters that you kind of get introduced to. Yeah, uh, you get introduced to Hawk and Dove at the same time, and they are pretty much the only ones who wear the costumes that come straight from the comic book, which the costumes I think look amazing. 
they're practical and they kind of make sense as to why they're wearing them because they do have a little bit of armor. They're also, and we can get into more of this as we, we go on through this episode, but just briefly on these two, Hawk and Dove are the most personality wise ripped directly from the comics. I mean, they are damn near spot on in the way that they're represented, the way that they behave, and the way that they look, they are damn near spot on. Because this Hawk and Dove are a couple, so it's a boy and a girl, um, and then you're wondering, like, hey, I thought Hawk and Dove were originally brothers, and then you find out through a whole episode, they dedicate like a whole, like a couple episodes to Hawk and Dove, that it originally yeah. it was Hawk and his younger brother who were going out fighting crime, and they were going around just beating up pedophiles. Just like uh, in the original comics, you right. know, they were brothers. The The difference, obviously, the change that they've made here is that in the original comics, Dove died during Crisis. Oh, God, okay. He, he was one of the ones wiped out by Antimatter Wall during Crisis. Obviously, if you're not going to connect to the Crisis event that you're doing right now, which is dumb... <laughs> If you're not going to do that, then obviously you're going to change that. So I, that's fine. But they did address the fact that there was a male dove right. who died and then was replaced by a female dove. So, okay, that, that's cool. That right. Works. And I was I was okay with that. Like, like you said, Dr. Impact, I believe they did Hawk and Dove almost perfectly. Like yeah, they're yeah. ripped right out of the comic and it was fantastic to see. Then you have Donna Troy, who we get introduced to in a very later, like later on in the season. She's around like episode for episode nine. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Right, yeah. right around there. And she's like an investigative reporter. She does mention that she did kind of work with Wonder Woman. She does have the lasso, but she just wears jeans and like a t-shirt and a jacket. Um, and that's about it. She even says at one point, you know, cause it is Robin talks about, or Dick rather talks about having burned the costume and she goes, Oh, well, mine's just hanging up in the closet. Right. She was definitely Wonder Girl. She definitely wore the costume at one time, mm-hmm. and she still does things. She just does it un- doesn't do it under the Wonder Girl moniker anymore. And she's another one that I, I felt was was captured from the comics very, very well. Now I'm talking pre Troy, pre Donna Troy. Oh my God, my whole everything is thrown out of whack in the early to mid nineties when they started messing with the character. I'm talking like eighties Donna Troy. She is pretty damn spot on with the exception of the costume. Right. And then that brings us to Jason Todd as Robin. And we are introduced to him as Robin. He shows up wearing the Robin costume and talking to Dick that, Hey, Batman sent me to kind of keep tabs on you and see how you're doing. And that's when Dick Grayson realizes that he's been replaced by Batman and makes him kind of get more pissed off at Batman. Now, Jason Todd does look kind of the part because he is in the mm-hmm. Robin costume. Mm-hmm. I feel like he does a very good job portraying Jason Todd. I think so, too. Yeah. Uh, th- like with this, his whole attitude and how he's like, man, I love being a Robin and I kind of get my role. And, you know, Dick Grayson's like, hey, man, Batman's just using you. And Jason Todd's like, yeah, I'm cool with that because I get to be Robin, man. Like I get to go out and fight crime and be a badass, and that's fantastic. And that 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 kind of loose cannon mentality oh, yeah, loose that cannon. Jason Todd has always had that is only just now accentuated now that he's the Red Hood in the comics. But yeah, I, I think that, my God, it was like Jason Todd just walked off the damn comic page. I mean, it was, it was about as perfect, I felt, as a longtime DC fan, the Jason Todd 
casting and portrayal in the Titans show is about as perfect as Robert Downey Jr. to Iron Man. Oh, wow. Yeah, I would, I would agree to that. Like, I really was like, when Jason Todd appeared, I was like, damn. Like, well done. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you that that's the the appeal to see Jason Todd portrayed in live action. That is the appeal for me right now, where the show is concerned, because, uh, like you said earlier, Smurfy, the advertising for this really sucked. Oh, it was mm-hmm. horrible. Like, Because I'm so like, bad. I'm watching it, and I'm like, oh, I want to see the Titans in, in, in live action. And then you watch the trailer. Uh, no, I don't. Yeah. No, I, no, I don't want to see the Titans in live action. Right. But those are parts that, for me, I'm glad I watched it. Because those were fantastic like scenes. Those were fantastic characters. And that's the part I loved. I just wish they kind of would have done the same to some of the main core characters. I feel like, how could you put so much detail and effort into these side yeah. characters yeah. and not some of the main characters? And it's, that part is very aggravating. Mm. Let, me, let me jump in here on this yeah, Jason Todd discussion. Because... He honestly was almost my favorite character. Okay. But unlike everything else, he's not a slow build, which is obnoxious because there are like Hawk and Dove, Donna, Troy, Jason, like all the one or two episode characters have like immediate builds, immediate, like you immediately get them. Whereas everything else is this absolutely slow plotting build. It's almost too slow. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I, like, I feel like that way. The main characters is almost too slow, but they do break it up with these quick build characters that make you forget how slow the core characters building is. Which is super annoying, and we're going to get to that. <laughs> but Jason Todd reminded me so much of Tom Haverford from Parks and Rec, and I loved him for it. He was like, yeah, man, Robin. I think he even gets the line, I'm the goddamn Robin. And I was like, hand clap, good sirs, hand claps. Some of his one-liners when he's fighting are pretty great, too. Like, he goes, night-night, bitch, and like takes a guy out. And I right. thought that was kind of funny. Uh, that's no, when like, he's fighting the cops, I believe. Yeah. He uses right. a wrestling move, which I can appreciate. My problem is, like, again, th- they slow build the others, but then they, like, fast-track him to have, like, all these moments of character growth. And, like, none of the other characters even kind of come close to that throughout the whole series. So I kind of disagree. I don't. I don't think Jason Todd has any character growth. I think he just has like you just find out more about the character. Okay, he's not really growing yeah. as a character because you know he says who he is. I'm a young Robin. That's a better way of saying it. Yes, you know, and so you're just like, oh, you just kind of go, okay, I'll accept him for what he is or what he's not, and let's roll with it. Where you know Dick's got so much character development that you're like, man, like, and he flip flops so much about going back and forth that you're like, dude, just pick a side, man. Just pick. It's side. a hard disagree on Dick. There's. There's no character development. It's just there's some, and then so. they revert. There's some, I, and then they just take it back. Ah, uh, see, I disagree. Like that, that's in that's the character I disagree development completely too. Uh, yeah. That's the character development is he's trying to figure out if he wants to be. I don't want to be in Batman's shadow, but I still want to fight crime. Or do I want to fight crime? No, okay, I figured out. I definitely do want to fight crime, but I don't want to be Robin anymore because it associates with Batman, and Batman's a dick. He's like, so what can I do? And that's the whole season of Dick Grayson. I disagree so much. In the sense that I think the problem with Dick Grayson is that it's not that there is no character or no development or no arc. It's that there's too damn much. Again, I like the show. I, you know, and as we go through the episode, I'll, I'll point out the stuff I don't like, but Dick Grayson is nothing but development and sometimes detrimentally so to the point where he will develop and then throughout whatever circumstances occur doesn't necessarily digress but rather 
develops into a different direction that mirrors what it would be like had he regressed. And so it's it's this constant back and forth that I feel is almost too much. Sort of like a two steps forward, one step back. Very, very much. Yes, that's a great way to put it. That's a great way to put it. And I can understand that being frustrating because that's that actually happens a lot in long form television. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it is one of the problems that I have with TV shows, especially TV shows that have 22 episodes in a season. You know, eventually yeah. you do have the arc but you have to have so much filler during that arc that it kind of just seems redundant. And to find out that they're doing something very similar in a show that only has 12 episodes. 11. 11. 11 11 episodes in Mm -hmm. a season. There's no time for that, man. There's no time for that. Well, that's also my issue with the pacing of this show. And again, I'm going to give Dr. Impact and Smurphy a hard disagree on the character development because anyway... We'll get to that in a bit. I perfectly knew coming in this, I probably wasn't going to change either of their minds on it. And that's okay. <laughs> They're most likely not going to change mine. But the problem with the show is like it's one episode and then what feels like a backdoor pilot for Hawk and Dove. One episode, literally backdoor pilot for Doom Patrol. One episode, backdoor pilot for Jason Todd. Like they, they, they break these up and then you only get, I think Hawk and Dove are the only characters to appear twice. They have two main episodes and then they appear in partial episodes. Well, Donna, so, Donna uh, Troy is in, I think three. Yeah. But, but there's no one that's, I'm saying like Hawk, they, they have a whole episode dedicated to Hawk and Dove. That's the second episode. It's just strictly just Hawk and Dove, their entire backstory and yeah. what was going on. Yeah. With and that. that's episode eight two. or nine. What for Hawk and Dove? Yeah. Their no, backstory like, doesn't come until right after like a, like a moment reveal. True, but then, but then they have episode two where you introduce the characters as who they are now and what they're doing. Sure, and that's when you should yeah. have done their backstory. Right. Anyway, yes, let's carry yeah. on, please. I'm going to dive into the plot of this, or what I believe is the plot, and you can agree or disagree if you want. For me, the whole season is about saving Rachel, or it's all about Raven, because everything connects and ties in. Plot-wise, yes. Plot, I'm saying, that's all I'm saying is plot-wise. Yes. So, yes. like, she's a girl in trouble... She has a right away. She has a vision of uh, the circus and people falling from a trapeze. And she's like, I need to find the boy from the circus. He's the only one who can save me. We all know that that's Dick Grayson. She eventually does find him. And she's like, you need to help. And with the backstory of Dick helping out kids, it kind of makes sense. And you're like, okay, great. Then you meet Corey when she's introduced. She doesn't know what's going on. But as she starts to discover and remember who she is, she knows that she's here to protect this girl. And when she meets Raven, she's like, I'm going to stick by your side and help you through the whole thing. And they kind of do the same thing with Gar. So the whole thing just revolves around what is up with Raven? Where is she getting these weird powers from? And these characters kind of have to help save her. If I may, I I believe that I I 100% agree that that is what they have as the plot. But when you watch the show, that's not what it is about to me. Raven comes in and out of importance on episodes but there are four distinct episodes based on Dick Grayson 
giving up Robin, and then right. the next episode he's immediately back to where right. He but that's that's your that's your subplots and that's your arc. That's not the plot. That's not the A to B to C. And you know, Mister X will be able to understand what I'm saying here with the amount of screenwriting analysis that the two of us have done. There is a very large difference between what something is about. And what the plot is, right? You know what the show is about. We can argue about whether it's about Dick Grayson becoming Robin or wanting to become Nightwing or whatever. We can argue whether it's about Raven and her parentage. We can argue about whether it's about a team trying to find a way to come together. Those are all subtext concepts that we can argue about. The plot is basic. Girl mm. is in trouble, right? People with powers and abilities come in to help her, and then the how that affects them all. But that is the plot. Period. Save the cheerleader, save the world. Exactly. That's exactly it. And that is like one of the most simplistic plots yep. to a TV yep. show. Yep. And it, yeah. and, and they just it are bad at writing it. In well, my, in my <laughs> well, and it's fine because like, like save the cheerleader, Dick Grayson is no longer Robin, and I'm like, wait. What? Well, no. It, the subplot is Robin is having this internal struggle of I want to like I want to do good and fight crime, but I don't want to be Robin anymore. What do I do? But but Robin's a necessity, so that's a subplot. So like that's why you kind of get all the nonstop conflict every episode. Robin going, oh man, I don't know if I'm be Robin anymore, but then uses all the Robin skills to save the day, and even puts on the outfit, and is just like, oh, uh, like he is ne- he is a necess- uh, necessity, but you know what do I do? Sure. You know, and to me, that's just a, a huge subplot. I think they dragged that part out too long. I will agree with you there. Because after a while, I'm like, man, just make up your mind. You know you can kick mm-hmm. butt. You know you're good at it. Just do it, man. Like, every time you have this flip-floppiness, it always comes out that you save the day because you can do it, and you're so highly trained, and you're so good at it, and you still have a kind heart. Just, uh So that's that's kind of aggravating. I feel like they draw that part out too long. Agreed. Yeah. And then it kind of brings you like to Corey's plot, which, you know, was another subplot, which is you're working through her amnesia with her as she discovers like, oh, I have this weird key. What's this key go to? Oh, it's a storage locker. What's in the storage locker? Oh, it is. And she teams up a dick at that point where they're like, he's like, you were doing an investigation on this girl and you did your homework. And there's a weird like language written on the wall. And they're trying to figure out like who she could possibly be an alien. Like to us, it's like it's an alien language. But she's got all sorts of info on Ravens. So they're like, well, clearly she's tied together. And then you're kind of like, like Dr. Impact said, you kind of grow with her. She goes through her amnesia. So you're kind of along for the ride with Corey. Gars is just, again, he meets Rachel and just realizes, hey, my fate's supposed to be to help you out. And I'll kind of roll with you. Yeah, Gar has no plot or character development or anything. He's just there. Yeah, he yeah, has I very little about, I mean, I think he has development for sure. I think, you know, especially those last few episodes, they take him to some pretty crazy places. Um, I think he absolutely has development. He has no personal plot of his own to act as a subplot to add to the show. He is just there. Now, things affect him, and that does affect his personality and his character, so he has an arc. But yeah, he doesn't really have a plot. Sounds like a a, a very mixed-up show to where Mm -hmm. they couldn't find Mm -hmm. the balance Yes, between and all of these characters. And that's my biggest issue with the right. show overall. I mean, I still really enjoyed it, but there is a balance issue with the show. Now, just for our, us nerds out there, I just want to throw in this real fast, a little fun nerd fact. Hawk is played by Alan Richson. 
yeah. who played Aquaman in Smallville. Yeah. If you're familiar with that. So oh, I was like, oh, oh, okay. oh, yeah, yeah. So I just thought that was kind of cool. I was like, I know that guy. I'm like, he was Aquaman. Well, it sounds to me, listening to all of you, that one of the issues for geekdom, I guess, the, the geek in all of us, is that there's an annoyance that this show that's based off of comic book characters doesn't want to admit that most of their characters on the show are comic book characters. It is afraid quite often to be a comic book. Not as afraid as something like Man of Steel, which I still say, even though Man of Steel is a better movie than Batman versus Superman, because Batman versus Superman is just trash. It's garbage, yeah. right? But even though it's a better movie, Man of Steel acts like it is a comic book movie, but it tries to do everything it can to mask it as something else, which is why the Marvel movies work so well. The Marvel movies make different kinds of movies and then mask them as comic book movies. Right. That's a, that's a very distinct split. And I feel like the better episodes or the better shows of the CW shows follow that same formula where they do a certain kind of show masked as a comic book movie. Whereas this is a show that does seem to be afraid to embrace the comic book part of it. When it does give into the comicness of it, like, Hey, we are from a comic book. It is super fun to watch. Yeah. You know, like when you're like, Oh man, this is like watching your comic books yeah. in real life. This yeah. is fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. But then when there's that other, like I, I like to call it two sides of a coin and it's just constantly just keep flipping this coin in the air. Cause it doesn't know what it wants as heads or tails. And you get the other side of it. It you're kind of like a little bored and you're kind of like, Oh, maybe I'll play with my phone a little bit and stop paying attention a little bit. Cause there's this, you know, it's kind of boring. It's like, Hey man, let's get back to the source material, get back to like the fun of it again. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think the best parts to me are the character moments that actually hit because there's a lot that miss to me, but the, the ones that hit are the best parts because they expand the characters. Okay. Well, like, do you have examples? There's like, like I, I would love, I would love to hear the misses and the hits. Sure. Most of my problems come from Dick Grayson, right? Okay. First of all, I like that actor. He looks to be the same age to me as Raven. So I have <laughs> issues out the gate. Man, he does he, look really young. Like he does look young. That. He's actually 30. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, he does look young. My my uh, wife was watching the show with me, and um, uh, I forget what his name is, Benton or Brenton or something like that, but she, she calls him not Grant Gustin. <laughs> yes. My A wife made that exact comparison as well. Because he looks like Grant Gustin. They all have those baby faces because he <laughs> does have a baby face. Yeah. Must be that clean Canadian living. I guess right. so. Mm. Maybe we should try it one day. <laughs> if we ever get out of our houses. So one of the moments that was a hit for me was when Robin uh, disbands the team again. And everybody's mad. Or Raven's really mad at him. Everybody else is like, oh, it's cool, whatever. And then he's like, oh, come on. Like, there's this feeling that, like, Raven's so mad, she's not going to, like, say goodbye or anything like that. She's just going to leave with her mother, Gar, Corey, and then they're gone. And then, like, you know, they do the whole thing. He starts to walk away. She calls his name, runs and hugs him. And I thought that was a really nice moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some of the things that miss to me are they imply that Dove and Dick were in a relationship. 
mm-hmm. but only through like a half sexy flashback with Raven and the whole last episode. Well, that's a totally different thing, though. True, I know, but I mean, but that I'm was saying, a, that, that was the internal kind of image or demons. So that means that there is definitely some chemistry there, and they definitely probably yeah, that, that's sure. Really but that whole last episode is a is a what right. if elsewhere exactly. world yeah. that he gets it's, stuck in. So that's right. different. It's, yeah, to me, the last episode is an homage of the man who has everything. Uh, right. Mm. Well, to me, it was kind of like a, it was a bunch of symbolism everywhere. It was like yeah. you're really seeing yeah. everything Dick's struggling with. Boom! There it yeah. all is for you. Like that's that that's the life he wish he could have. That's everything that we've been struggling yeah. with this whole season. So sorry, I mean interrupt. Sorry. And it's not till later till like they have a sit down conversation that I feel that's the hit of it. You know what I mean? There's the two sides. There's here's what we're gonna like quick show you, so you like oh here you go, and then here's like the actual sit down of the characters that play off each other. Because I feel like in the show they're both expecting you a little bit to know who these characters are based on what you've already seen or read. And then they're also expecting you not to know who they are or what you've read. Like, cause there's moments where it's like, okay, that's sure. I know that eventually Starfire and Robin hook up, but here they are in a hotel having said maybe half an hour's worth of speech to each other. And they're already boning. And then they're out on the patio talking about how Gar and Rachel would make a very cute couple. And it's like, I know what you're doing, but you're not putting in any of the work to make it work. Does that make sense? And something that I think makes that difficult to follow, and and I'm going to partially defend against what you just said, but at the same time, what I'm going to say is actually going to reinforce your point because the, the issue there is that they weren't, they weren't just together for 30 minutes. They were all together for a couple of days. The problem is that time has no meaning in this show. Well, there's there's no context of time passage. Correct. We can't tell what kind of time passage is going on because there doesn't seem to be anything that affects their lives outside of what's happening. I mean, Dick shows up at the beginning of the show and he's a detective at the Detroit police force and he starts working on a case and then he gets pulled into this whole Raven and, and Rachel thing. And then he gets a call right after his partner is is killed saying, hey, your partner's died. And then he never touches base with his office again. Right. Correct. Ever. And it's like, well, OK, what you what did how he long you? are they on right. the road? Right. It seems like they're on the road for a while, certainly long enough to change cars and drive across country and blah, 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 and do all that kind of stuff. They've certainly been on the road long enough, and yet he's not checking in with the the precinct. And, like, wh- and, and no and, one changes clothes. And like no guard, one is changing clothes. Guard does not change clothes. Starfire yeah. doesn't change clothes. You're like, so it's hard to uh, right. it's hard to tell. Did they just jump in the sack after thirty minutes, or did they did they spend a week together going through all of this stuff and grow closer and make a bad move that night because they were drinking or See, it, because it it doesn't clarify time. I thought them hooking up was more like in the heat of the moment. We just got through a battle. We're hooking up. Yeah, could but have they been. Didn't hook up. They hooked. They had the battle after they hooked up with the atomic family. Yes, because we're going to get to the Atomic Family. Mm -hmm. I love the Atomic Family, and I'm super disappointed about them. Again, to to follow up on Dr. Impact, also places 
don't like there is times where places don't seem to have exact locations. Right. They'll say Chicago and then Dick will just say, Oh yeah, I've got to go find Donna Troy. Who's like an hour and a half from here. And then the next cut is them already there. And it's snowing where she is. It's, mm-hmm. And then yeah. there's times where uh, they're just in a barn to practice, but yeah. like there's no context. How do they get to the barn? Whose barn is it? Are they okay with what will yeah. ultimately be the destruction of their barn? Yeah. Like there's a lot of structural issues I find with this. Yeah. And I'm not even touching upon them all being murderers. Now, now we'll see, but that's the other thing. And, and I, I don't like the, brutalness of some of the fights that the characters get into but you know pistol you and i have talked outside of this recording about whether or not they're they're flat out murderers <laughs> and and i know that you firmly believe that they're just br- brutal murderers they are absolutely not brutal murderers hard disagree they are not Man. brutal murderers now they will take it right up to the line and they did kill through accident Again, disagree. Until they get to the installation, none of them make the conscious choice to take right. life. First degree right. murder is what you're saying is defines a, a murderer. I mean, murder is anyone who kills somebody. But you're pissed. I feel like you're saying they're first degree murderers. Like they're intent. Like I see that yeah. guy. I'm going to kill him bad. Here we go. And I was like, no, I feel like they're like, there's a bad guy. I'm fighting them. The fight got out of hand. I killed him because it was 15 on one or, you know, like uh, I snapped because torture. I would I even him. argue as good as, as good as Batman begins is y- you could make an argument that the, the end of that movie, when he looks at Rachel Ghoul and says, I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you. You that's could make murder. A, that's you that's can murder. make an argument that that is murder. And that is more premeditative than, until until that moment in what is that episode eight or nine whatever until that moment that is more premeditative than anything else that happens in titans all right let me if you don't mind run down a couple of instances i have to disagree with you yeah i will say that it feels like the special effects needed probably another week or so in in some cases yeah some yeah i agree the blood special effects looks like somebody just taking a bottle of ketchup like behind the person and squeezing it and it just goes well, did you did you not notice that it was all digital? Yeah, yes, it, that's it's all big. digital. It's all right. digital squibs and digital mm-hmm. um, digital uh, muzzle flashes and all of that. Yeah, and it is not great. But regardless, so right out the gate in the first fight, the effervescent expletive Batman fight, Dick Grayson takes a guy's gun. He takes the slide off the gun, stabs it into one guy's throat, okay. yeah, and then pulls it out into like a big blood splurt. And then stabs the other end into another guy's throat. It's a John Wick style. Listen, I understand what you're saying is that these people could probably live. And they do. But they they do. They are moving still on the ground when he leaves the room. I watch very closely. Every time he leaves the room, they are still moving. They are still alive, which tells me that someone like Robin, who has been trained the way he was, he knows exactly where to hit to cause damage without a fatality. Then they don't express it enough because those I'll, people I'll, I'll are. I'll agree with you on that. Yeah. yeah, I'll agree that they don't make a big enough point to be like, "I whooped their butt." They're all bleeding. They're all going to need surgery, but they're all alive. And and the thing that proves it the most 
is when Jason Todd goes on a rampage and yep. kills, and what does he break the guy's back? I think yeah, he, he, bra- he and they're all cops, and they're cops. Yeah. And Robin says, "What are you doing? There is no way Batman is okay with this." And he goes, "What are you talking about, man? We can do whatever we want. We're Robin." He goes, "No, we do what we have to do, but we don't do that." And that scene proves the point. Now, Dick does make the conscious choice to murder later. Oh, yeah, he murders a whole building full of people. And that I had issues with. But up until then. But Dr. Impact, do you, like, I know we'll go back to it, but do you not remember the end of that conversation with Robin and Robin? Remind me. It's the part where Jason Todd goes, yeah, man, in Gotham, the cops wail on me all the time. This is my time to get some payback. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because yeah. because that's the whole thing of, like, Batman won't approve of this. He's like, right, but we're not in Gotham, so I have a little bit of, like, I'm off the leash. I can kind of do whatever I want. Yeah, and you're, that's right. That's when you kind of realize, man, he really is a wild card. And then you kind of see, like, the moral compass of Dick Grayson, which I thought that was really well done. Again, like, they have some... I, I agree. Things, I agree. For me, overall, made me like it. I'm sure I remember Dr. Impact remind me the part where Robin, you said he blows up a building? Yeah, it's towards the end of the escape from the installation, the asylum. See, I don't consider that, well, I consider that to be murder, but I don't. Because, like, I mean, he does blow him up and he does kill a lot of people. And it is, I mean, it it is a moment, it is a moment when... It's a moment of weakness. The gas, the gas is out. Yep. He knows it. And and Starfire specifically looks at him and says, are we doing this? And he goes, yes. Like and he, he, he waits and he looks at a reflection of himself in the pool and he sees himself in the Robin costume in the pool, but he's not wearing it in real life. Right. And it's in that moment that he decides Robin is done and he blows the building. He says, yes, You're right. I remember it. that now. Now, I do think that the moment is designed to be a character moment and not in the sense that he has decided to kill all the people in the building, but rather the decision to take a life willingly means that he has decided to kill Robin. Yeah, it's like it's like the it's like the phoenix. He's getting baptized by fire, it's and that's to be born great. anew as a new. Person. I just I just feel like there's there would have been a better way to get that across without making him uh, a killer. Uh, well, see, I, like I'm kind of okay with the killing because they were tortured, and yeah, like, yeah. and the way they were tortured, like I, coming from a guy who has broken several bones, torn ligaments, destroyed Achilles tendons, like I've I've been in a lots and lots of pain. If someone's doing to you on purpose, I like to think of myself as a good guy, but oh, I'm gonna murder that fool. I, I agree, and my wife and I were talking about this very point uh, a few days ago while we were watching Titans because she said why doesn't Batman just kill the Joker why, why you know that whole argument that you get in comics of yep the revolving door of the insane asylum or right, Arkham asylum and right. and of anything any of these well, true. Guys, any, any any hero any any, any comic book that right. you've ever read you know the bad guys always come back yes in reality if you have a rabid dog that keeps coming back, no matter how many times you put it in a cage, you got to put it down. You got to put it down. Right. And in reality, I'm all for that. Comic books, and this is, I'm going to steal a quote from Mark Wade, which he said after seeing Man of Steel, when people were like, oh, yeah, but this is a realistic Superman. And this is, you know, Superman had to snap his neck. And Mark Wade, who I still think is one of the 10 greatest writers, at least of the last 40 years, 
said, the point of comic books is not to show us reality. They can, and they can do that. But the point of comic books, they are like mythology. They are like classic myths, which are moral building and they are moral barometers. So comic books are not to show us the world we live in, but rather the world that we aspire to live in and making a conscious choice while very human and very natural in reality is not a world that you should strive to be in. Very well said and good point. Cause I mean, you know, you're I, like, there's no rebuttal. You're right. Cause it's like me as a person in real life, you torture me. I'm going to absolutely. absolutely. These heroes are supposed to rise above that. That's yes. why they're heroes. That's right. That's why it's a moral barometer. Well, let me ask a question. Were all the people in the building bad people? Yes. Yes. Maybe. In the words of in the words of true lies, have you ever killed anybody? Yes. But they were all but bad. They were all bad. They were absolutely yeah. they were absolutely were all bad. Yeah. They were scientists. A lot of them were torturing Gar. They were torturing Raven. They were torturing uh Dick Grayson. They were torturing Starfire. Okay, I gotcha. So they're they're bad people. This is this is the equivalent of blowing up the Death Star. And that's fair, but there are also possible just people being held captive because Rachel's or Raven's mom was held captive there. Uh, so there could have just been people, innocent people that they were still just experimenting on. So mercy killing. Sure. Do they only kill bad guys? Yes. Do they kill? In my opinion, still yes. Because Corey immediately kills the dad of the nuclear family upon first meeting. No words, just firebolt. Robin still sticks a pair of garden shears through a guy's penis. That guy's not surviving. Like, I don't care how much sure you movement you see, the blood loss alone will, he'll just die. He'll just. There was a lengthy court case in the 90s all about it, and that guy lived until yep. later. Yeah, it, you absolutely can survive from that. You ain't going to be happy. Lorena Bob. Absolutely. Yep. I understand we're talking about comics. But right now, I feel you're giving the absolute length that they are not willing to go themselves to show you these things. Like, you're taking it upon yourself to be like, sure, he threw his Robin shuriken into that guy's eye, but with immediate treatment, that guy will be fine. Oh, see, like... But they're they're not getting immediate treatment. They're probably just running back to wherever. I feel like, also, Corey kills all the people on the train... Um, the U.S. Marshals, because she is actually wanted because there's another scene for no reason where she goes to Raven's house to scout around and then she beats up three cops. And the reason I say for no reason is because that scene is supposed to let us know how she found Raven originally, but it doesn't give us that. It just shows her going upstairs, looking at a picture, fighting three cops, and then... Well, because she doesn't know. She's still putting those pieces together. Sure. Right. But the point is that it's supposed to inform us, the audience, as to how she found Hawk and Dove's apartment and why she's watching from the shadows. But it doesn't do that. It serves no purpose other than to show her beat up three cops. Fair enough. And I feel like there's other instances of that happening, too. Again, though, none of it is premeditative until they blow up the asylum. Right. Again, I have to disagree because if you know what you're doing, you're going in there with the intent. If you jump down and you stand on a car against a bunch of bad people who are still bad, and I'm not saying they're not, 
you know what's coming. If you save your friends from being killed by a, I don't even know what those people were that were after Hawk and Dove. You still know. Yeah, going, yeah I don't either. Yeah. yeah knowing you're going to have to hurt people with the chance that one of them might die. Like, is it, is he going in there knowing he's going to murder them? No, but he's going in there knowing that murder could be a possibility. But I mean, to your, to your argument, he's also not after the fight, picking up a gun and putting four in a guy. No, he's also not Punisher style. Boom, 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 boom. I was going to say, what you're talking about, Pistol, can be attributed to any police officer in any city around the country. Anytime they respond to something, they know that the possibility that it could get physical and they could have to pull a weapon could happen. And therefore, based on the reasoning and logic that you just gave, then they know that there is a possibility that it could result in the person that they're going after being killed by them. That's not premeditative murder. So let me, let me follow up with that. Police officers are the enforcers of the law. They, they're not vigilantes like these gentlemen are, which is illegal unto itself. They are our avatars of justice. These people are superheroes dressing in costume. I'm assuming none of them have registered, but huh. you know, DC World is not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's a Marvel thing. Let me ask you this question, though, Pistol. Like, other other heroes have killed people before. Sure. Like, you know, like like both DC and Marvel. Sure. So I guess my question, and, and like, I feel like you're just more outraged that the t- that the Titans have killed people. Is that what you're more upset about? Is that, like, the Titans? No, it's that they've given no context as to why. Like, literally, I thought at the end of this season, a Red Lantern ring was just going to fly on Dick Grayson's hand. <laughs> well, you know what, though? When you're fighting crime against guys with guns and you're using, like, a bow staff, you're probably going to break a guy's arm. You're probably yeah, going to maybe absolutely. break a guy's neck. I was totally cool. Every time they'd take a guy's arm out long ways and then break the bone upwards. Right. Obviously break. I'm like, cool, great. Mm-hmm. When you start stabbing things into people in vital areas... So I will I will give you this like Dick Grayson when he's fighting is very brutal. I was going to say very I will aggressive. agree that that Dick Grayson is far more brutal than he needs to be. Yes. And like, I do I agree not with that. care for that. But right. I just I don't think that there's anything premeditative about what these characters do until later and I don't feel like the in my opinion like the the reasoning that you're giving is is rational enough. I guess I just disagree with you there. Like, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, and that's and, and that's, that's fine. fine. Yeah, that's totally I, I, fine. I'm yeah. okay to disagree. I just just point out pros and cons. Like, for sure. example, they have Gar, and when they see him turn into a tiger, they flat out ask him, "Have you ever killed anybody?" And he flat out says, "No." And mm-hmm. then through the season, he in fact, he says does. he hasn't even bitten anybody. Yeah, he was yeah, never bitten is, anybody. I haven't even bitten anyone, and he repeats right. it in every episode he's in, right, until he murders that guy. Right. And so you had, I remember you text me because you were pissed, all caps, laughing something. And I was like, wow. I'm like, that must have really rubbed you the wrong way. Is it because, you know, like, did Beast Boy, maybe this is my ignorance on Titans, has Beast Boy ever taken an oath like, I shall not kill? Killing yes. is not part of, he yes. has. He's taken an oath that he won't he kill. He has sworn that he, no, he has, of course he hasn't. That sounds like strong man like, here. If he kill, saying... Well, if he killed a guy, like, you're like, oh, I can't believe it. I go, I, I believe they're trying to add some more realism to it. And like now, now remember too. Remember too. He he loses this version of Beast Boy loses his mental 
faculties some, some and becomes right. much more like the tiger and does not retain the human aspect. But we right. don't learn that for another episode or two. When he is trying to deal with the fact that almost like almost like a werewolf, you know, when you when you turn back into human, oh my god, what did I do? And then the human has to deal with the fact that my god, last night I I did something. Right. And I had no control over it. That, again, that's not premeditated. Sure. I have I just have this to ask. Are are you constantly upset when you watch The Punisher? Hmm. Let me answer that with a question. Well, Is hold on, because I'm, not, I'm not done. I'm not done. Because in every show, almost every show, hell, let's take a look at the first two seasons of Arrow, <laughs> yeah. where Oliver Queen straight up murdered people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had a list. Yeah, yeah, he had a list. He had a hit list. Hell yeah. Okay, so you're all hell yeah. Because... No, 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 no. I was just carrying. You said you had more to the question, and I'm, I'm just. Like... Yes, the, my, my question is, is that have you taken into account the difference between killing someone and murder? Because killing someone, especially in self defense, is not murder unless it is premeditated. It's the reason why there is first degree murder, mm-hmm. second degree murder, yeah. and third yeah. degree murder, and then we jump down to. First degree manslaughter, second right. degree manslaughter, and third degree manslaughter. Right. So your guys' hold up. No, no. Okay. I, I am not done. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will. I will tell you when it is your turn. Please. <laughs> so, because we've gotten into this gigantic debate that has taken the majority of this episode, <laughs> and I'm sure our listeners are, are having a good time, but I got other shit I got to do. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> so, when you sit down to watch a a show or a movie based off of a comic book, whether it's a good inter- interpretation of the source material or not, are you constantly checking the boxes of, wow, that character crossed the line. Wow, that character's a f***y <laughs> for not doing what he should have done. Like when you watch John Wick, and I know John Wick's not based off of a comic book character, hmm. John Wick has killed a lot of people. Yeah, he mm-hmm. is. And it's all premeditated. Mm-hmm. He has to make the decision not to kill somebody <laughs> when he goes out <laughs> That's to walk his dog. <laughs> I never thought about that. I want to know are you just singling out this show because of insert reason? Or is this what you do? with every single piece of pop culture, comic book-based related stuff that you watch. And now you may talk. Great. (laughs) No, because I didn't like season one of Arrow either for the same fact that he had a hit list and was killing people. I feel like we're getting real caught up in this murderer versus manslaughterer thing. And fine, whatever you want to call them, premeditated or not, when you jump into a fight with people with guns, you know shit's going down. If you want to say that's manslaughter... I don't really care. What they do is they kill people. Now, do I hate the fact that they kill people? No. If they would have told me that Gar loses half control and it's more like a spiritual thing before he eats this guy, I would have been fine with that. The way this show, quote unquote, tells its story is not a good way to me. I'm trying to to not invoke a huge like back and forth again because I... I promise I too want to go eat dinner, 
but <laughs> the way they have written this show feels more like this was a full season of here's what's coming in season two. Here's some Easter eggs. Here's some references you'll notice. And then here's some characters you'll like that might get a backdoor pilot. And that's really, and then, oh yeah, Raven kind of matters, but mostly it's about Dick giving up being Robin, going back to being Robin, giving up being Robin, <clears throat> going back to being Robin, giving up being Robin, burning the suit, going back to being Robin. Like, <laughs> literally, that is a consistent theme in three episodes back to back. How he escapes that place he blows up before anybody else, when he's clearly one of the last two there, gets to the car, gets the Robin suit, comes back back to the, and meets the others and has already half burned his Robin suit. That shit bothers me. It's bad, writing, bad editing, bad. Like it just, well, it's probably not bad editing. It's probably good editing that is saving bad direction, bad producing, <laughs> bad writing and bad, pre, right. bad sure. pre-planning. Sure. So it's probably actually very good editing. Very good editing. Even get that much out of it. <laughs> sure. And I, I agree that that's the weakest episode in my opinion. That so it's polishing thing. the turd. That episode is a a big turd. Hmm? Yeah, that episode is a big turd. I will agree with that. I will agree with you there, Pistol. Okay, well, see, I'm I'm, I'm understanding Pistol's mindset now because it's not necessarily the murder. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought he he had a big problem problem with murder. murder. He has a problem with bad storytelling. Correct. I have a problem with bad storytelling, too. So I am looking forward to actually... Well, I can't say I'm looking forward to it. Now I'm going to be very, very critical <laughs> because mm-hmm. Dr. Impact was nice enough to drive by my house today and throw his copy of season <laughs> one out the window. And I did mm-hmm. this great quarterback grab mm-hmm. in the air. It was pretty cool. And then he finished it off with uh, a superhero landing even. That was, nice. quite, a, that was the, quite impressive. The one knee? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Here it comes. yeah. So yep. I will be watching this show. And and I cannot wait until we can have like the a follow up discussion, all four of us. Sure. Because I feel like I had to add something to these proceedings. Because <laughs> I'm just I'm just sitting back here, you know, listening to you guys, and it's 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 really in depth, and I just wanted to be a part of it. Well, and and honestly, I think that's what is is so fascinating and i think pistol was absolutely right about this at the beginning of the episode that is what is so fascinating about this particular episode of my big fat polis because obviously pistol hated the show smurfy really i don't know if if smurfy loved it but he really really enjoyed it and i am very much middle of the road there were things that i hated and there were things that i loved well it's got to be a little bit more than middle of the road because you actually well that's true you spent money to buy another season I was going to say, that's true. I Yeah, it's a little more the middle of the road. You're right. You're absolutely right. It, it does lean a little more towards the Smurfy end. My question is, will Pistol watch the second season? No. Not unless someone goes to our Patreon <laughs> and gets that tier and forces me to do it. What would be even more interesting to us, then, is to find out what you, our listeners, think. What were your feelings on the characters and the show not using code names and their uniforms and the way that they developed these characters in and portrayed them in this form of media. Head on over to any one of our social media sites. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you know, we're on all of it. 
send us a send us a video if you want of you talking about your thoughts on Titans. We always love to see you guys. What are your guys' final thoughts about this show? Uh, like a like a final thought, you know, lawyers kind of you know closing more arguments. A, <laughs> more more of a I'll 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 kick it off. The reason why I okay, yeah, like, the it. reason why I end up liking the show is I went into the show with very little hope. Like I went, I thought this was going to be a polished turd. And I thought it was going to be complete hot garbage. And I watched it just to say, hey, I gave it a shot. And I ended up really liking it. So I had very low expectations, which is why I think I liked it more than, say, Pistol, who, <laughs> you know, I think he went in there with a little bit higher hopes or more expectations. Pistol? With so much content about the Titans, clearly these are not the Titans I, I knew. And I was okay with that going in because I still liked the characters, essentially. And I liked the idea of what could have been. Robin could be mentoring Raven and struggling with this idea of like, you know, how do I do it better than the way Bruce did it with me? But that is never the case. There are so many possibilities for storytelling and what they told you to me is a steaming, not a steaming turd. It's a cold turd because (laughs) in the world where everyone is dark and brooding, no one is dark and brooding. And that's this series in, in in a nutshell. If they can take a road that is the darker or broodier of the roads, 100% going to take it all the time. I feel we are almost at the exact same point at the beginning of the season that we are at the end with the exception of Corey. And now they're even teasing Superboy and Crypto. So they have so many loose ends that they haven't even bothered to try and tie into a bow. And they're still introducing more shit. And they don't even have a handle on what they've got. Dr. Impact. I think my my overall view of the show is that it, it suffers from, again, like many of the Warner Brothers DC stuff uh, that you see, from having been rushed. I think it suffers from not being planned out correctly. And, um, and, and it suffers from pacing issues in the sense where there are things that you spend far too much time on and things that you don't spend enough time on. And as a result, by the end of the season, you feel like maybe it should have been 12 episodes. Like there was an episode missing somewhere along the line. And, and that's a little obnoxious. Overall, I enjoyed it. And, and having started to read the Marv Wolfman and George Perez stuff, uh, from the, the early eighties. And I'm about, uh, I don't know, two or three issues into that. Now it is surprisingly close to the comics in, in the sense that it is pushed to an extreme, all of the major things that you would find in those original new teen Titans comics that introduced Starfire and, and Raven in them, from the 80s and then I think the relaunch in 84, all of the major things that you would expect from that, it's all there. It's all there. It's just exaggerated. And sometimes that's not always a good thing. Or sometimes it's exaggerated to an extreme that is unneeded. But overall, I, I enjoyed it. And I, I am hoping that like how the first X-Men movie was just so-so and X2 was fantastic. I'm hoping that like that, this season will have gotten the ball rolling to the point where season two can be really something neat. 
have you, the listers of my big fat pull list, have you watched Titans Season 1? And if so, what are your thoughts about the show? Reach out to us on all of our social media platforms or our website and give us your unfiltered, brutal, honest opinion. Well, I sure hope we can all remain friends after this. <laughs> were, were we before? Is that, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, acquaintances, yes. Acquaintances I share cookies with. Yeah, we're work associates I share cookies with. That's about work it. associates. <laughs> and I want to thank Smurfy for spearheading this episode of Observe and Report. So until next time, listeners, I'm Mr. X. I'm Smurfy. I'm Dr. Impact. Doom Patrol was better, Pistol Danger. And we'll see you guys next time. That's our show, folks. Tell your friends and family about our program. What he means is you and everyone you know should subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on every app possible. Want to help support the show? Visit our Patreon page. We have a variety of incentives at multiple tiers, sure to satisfy any and all hardcore geeks. You can also follow us on social media where we post weekly comic picks, breaking news stories, and glimpses into our everyday geek lives. Until next time, keep your turtle shells waxed. <laughs> your power rings charged. And your proton packs primed. Ooh, what's this do? No, Smurfy, not the containment unit. Polist. I am one of your hosts, Mr. X. I'm Smurfy. I am Dr. Impact. Fuck Batman. Uh huh. <laughs> are, you, are you not going to say your name? I just love the dead silence. Well, we were waiting for you to say your name, dum dum. <laughs> do you want to close things up, Smurfy, or do you want me to? I'll let you close it up. I'm emotionally exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in tears over here, guys. (laughs) But until next time, I'm Mr. Impact. I am am not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Dr. Pistol. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yep. Yep. (sighs) It's manger.